Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And we are live here on Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you from the Al Davis studio on the bucolic western shore of Maryland along the banks of the semi-historic Magatee River. You are listening to the voice of Maryland, Maryland's leading conservative talk show, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Griffith. With me in studio, Greg Klein. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we have a new toy. We're yeah. going to be playing. Greg's right distracted. Um, I thought I was paying close attention there. You were, but, but Greg uh, is going to be distracted because, yes, we're going to have a fun new tonight. toy. We've got a new toy. There's a new yeah. toy. But there's a lot to talk about here, too. There is. Um, Maryland's trying to get a new toy in the Amazon's HQ, too. Ah, look at you. Look um, at you in there. We've got the results of the Red Maryland October poll is coming out. Good stuff. We talk about yesterday's tragic shooting. There's, a, there's an op-ed in the Sun today about Trump. Um, there is... Um, there's a there's a lawsuit going through in in Prince George's County about taxes. Yeah. There's there's congressional race in, in CD six. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And uh, we are here to tell you about it, Greg. And what do we always play when we are talking about all of the great things that we that are going on in uh, in in um, in politics here in Maryland? What is it that we always play? Yeah. But was that it? That, that wasn't, wasn't it. But that's that okay. wasn't what you wanted. That wasn't what I wanted, but it worked. <laughs> Um, we will. Speaking of which, we no! will. Yeah, we, we will take your phone calls at seven six zero two five nine two seven one one. Now I want to know what it is you wanted because now I don't know. Well, you have to figure it out. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm just gonna keep playing stuff. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Let's let's start on a serious note, and we'll get sillier from there. Okay. Um, yesterday, of course, tragic shooting in Harper yes. County. Um, and obviously three people killed in Harford County, one in Delaware, the, um, the, the shooter of course apprehended in Delaware as, uh, as is often the case, Greg, the shooter was known to law enforcement, uh, in, in Maryland. Right. And apparently this, this guy, 37 year old Raddy Prince, um, who killed three coworkers and wounded two others in, uh, in the shooting in Harford County. That's correct. Had a very extensive history. Of uh, of law enforcement, he uh, was a, he had a, he's a career criminal, long criminal history in both states of Maryland, Delaware, and right. a record of workplace violence. Um, he came he came back justifying. Um, yeah, you're you're all it's over. It's not the place. me. Don't blame me. It's not me. It's the Baltimore side. Okay. Um, look look look. Wow. I'm trying. Wow. I'm baby stepping. I'm doing the work here. You you are you are. Um, so basically, Greg, the long and the short of this, the fact that this guy, known to law enforcement, had multiple felonies Correct. in his past, yeah. had multiple um, you know, had multiple assaults, et cetera, and so forth. At least at one point, he, there was a, um, a protective order that was filed against him. They said there wasn't enough evidence yeah. for the protective order. Crazy stuff. And, Greg, there's a lot of moving parts at play here as to what went wrong. Um, and, and one of them, you know, yeah, we don't know the you were you were you were discussing this today. I want you to go ahead and, and kind of tell people what 
what you saw today. Well, now that this guy's been in custody and they're starting to go back through this guy's history, of course, we didn't know who this guy was until, you know, the, the events of um, yesterday morning and, and Sheriff Gaylor and everybody in the state police and ATF trying to track this guy down after he shoots five people, apparently in cold blood. Um, this guy had been, not only had he done a long prison stint for armed robbery years ago and had a lot of other uh, criminal you know, interactions with the criminal justice system, as you mentioned, both here in Maryland and in Delaware, but he had been pulled over in a traffic stop in Cecil County um, and, and was found in a search incident to the arrest showed that he had an illegal gun. Now, this was at a time when he was a felon, when he couldn't you know, legally own a firearm. Uh, obviously, one of the issues that, you know, predictably, when anybody shoots anybody anymore, it always comes to gun control. And this is a guy who was a hardened criminal who could not legally possess a firearm under federal or state law in Maryland or Delaware or anywhere else with the federal law in place, who was able to acquire a handgun. Nobody knows yet how he got it. Um, presumably, he got it illegally because his ownership of it would have been illegal. Correct. But here's a guy who would who was arrested and charged with various handgun violations and he, his case was dismissed. Yeah. And there was a very brief, very curt press release issued by the Cecil County state's attorney's office. I think it was Cecil County or Harvard County, wherever it was that just said, Hey, well, we looked at it on a case by case basis and decided there wasn't enough evidence with no more de- And we're not going to say any more about it. And it's like, wait a minute, the, the facts that were reported, which presumably come from the, the statement of probable cause, the, the arresting documents, the charging documents, were that this guy was pulled over because he had a headlight out. So it's a traffic stop. The officer affects the traffic stop. During the traffic stop, this, this guy became resistant or you know, somewhat violent to the point where the officer put him under arrest. Okay, that part wasn't really clearly reported. Mm-hmm. There was a search incident to arrest done, uh, which which found an illegal handgun, and he was subsequently charged. Now, if you're going to prosecute that as a prosecutor, all you need is the cop and the gun, and and the certified rec- criminal record of this guy that he's a felon, and you've got all the evidence you need to convict this guy of a number of of criminal violations. The name one being you know, felon possession of a firearm. So the fact that it was completely dismissed, it wasn't pled out. You know, it's not like he got a slap on the wrist. They just, the, the, the prosecutors just totally dismiss it. Tells me that the prosecutors thought the arrest wasn't good mm-hmm. or the cop wasn't available to testify. Those are the only two reasons I can think of as a criminal defense attorney that, that they would just dismiss it outright. Um, and 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 look, this is a failure. I mean, look, the state's attorney in in I, I don't know the state's attorney in Cecil County, probably a good guy up for reelection. This is a violent criminal who I don't know that he would have been in jail today, but should have been in jail as a result of this arrest, who was allowed back out on the streets. And eventually, you know, he terrorized the former employer you talked about who tried to get a, a peace order, which was denied. And then he shoots up another place of business. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, this is, you know, we hear a lot from the Democrats 
when it comes to gun issues, okay? Right, right. And how all of these things can be solved by, you know, having tougher gun laws. Well, let's let's take a look at all the things that happened in here, all the places in here that went wrong. You have a um, you have a convicted felon, right? Um, who is as you as you pointed out is not legally allowed to own guns in the state of Maryland, right? Clearly possessing a gun. Not the first time he was clearly possessing a gun, as you point out, yeah. with the uh, with the other with the other impending arrest. Right. And this stuff, by the way, happens all the time. I, you know, it's where a somebody gets pulled over for a moving violation, whether it's a headlight out or you know, failure to use turn signal or whatever, and it ultimately leads into additional charges. Uh, that they wind up being arrested by. So I mean, well, this, police, this is very common. Yeah, police officers are trained when they when they affect a traffic stop. If they if they develop probable cause for an arrest, for you know they suspect there's drugs or whatever, they have probable cause to make an arrest. They do, and under you know the under constitutional case law, mm-hmm. search incident to arrest is a is an exception to the warrant requirement. So if they place someone under arrest as part of a traffic stop, they do a search of the car. They could ask the owner if they could voluntarily agree to a search that would, you know, a consent to search. But they do that routinely, and it's and it's very, as you point out, cops have intuition, they have training, they follow through, and a lot of times, and some would say it's just good police work. You know, they they find what starts as a routine traffic stop ends up getting a guy with a gun who's a felon, right. a violent felon, off the streets. That's how it's supposed to work. Right. And it did in this particular instance. It did work. Now there are a lot of other things that go in this guy's passage. You could look at as well. But it goes back to the point: the, the Baltimore Sun did a really ridiculous op-ed mm-hmm. on this guy, saying they kind of glossed. How did he get this gun? Well, he couldn't legally own it. And he couldn't legally buy it himself. They, they kind of admit that. Well, he could have. They, and they kind of blow by. Well, he could have stolen it. And then they get into. Well, he could have all these loopholes that had to be filled in. Okay. Either he bought it from somebody where a background check wasn't required, that's a loophole, or he had a straw purchase. Nowhere do they nowhere do they they even mention the the possibility, which is how this guy probably got the gun, is he bought it illegally on the street. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, there I mean, are illegal guns on the street that criminals buy and sell which, to each other. Which of course, you know, the as as Democrats in Maryland work to um you know, work to make gun ownership, legal gun ownership in the state of Maryland that much harder. The bad guy, and we say this all the time, and I think this is, and look, I don't, I don't enjoy making, making a political point out of all of this, but I think it's important to point out that this guy killed three people with a gun he was not legally allowed to have. Right. That he obtained illegally, regardless of whether it was through a loophole, through a straw purchase, stolen, purchased on the street illegally. He was not legally allowed to buy and possess that firearm. Yeah. The more Democrats make private gun ownership harder or more illegal, the more criminals are going to go buy guns illegally on the streets or with the straw purchase or steal them. You know, this right. is a self-replicating cycle here. Yeah, I don't point. think if you close the gun show loophole and 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 you know that the guy who sold him this gun is going to suddenly say, well, I got to do a background check. And he, this guy would have been unarmed. I mean, this guy, not this again, when he was arrested in Cecil County and arrested with a gun, he didn't get the gun back. It's not the same gun he used in this crime. He got another gun. And as, and as the, even the Baltimore sun points out in the article, 
there's lots and lots and lots of guns, which is why ultimately they're in favor of complete confiscation, which is what they're really good luck, which is what they're really all about, but which is never going to happen. But the point is the failure, more of the gun laws that are being proposed, these reasons that wouldn't have stopped this one. And we have very real failures where we all can agree this guy should have been in jail. Correct. The criminal justice system failed. The court system failed. Law enforcement failed for a guy who, frankly, should have been in jail a lot longer than he was for all the crimes he had been arrested for and charged with and convicted of. Yeah, the ultimate point here that I think we're trying to make is is that this guy, um, you know, there's no law that would have stopped this guy from getting a gun. Bottom line, I right. mean, not even not even con- full confiscation, as most a lot of Democrats, a lot of liberals want to do, right. is going to stop that any more than it stopped, you know, than it stops the illegal use of, you know, the illegal possession of cocaine, heroin. You know, it's just those things are out there, right? Um, you know, and a bad guy who wants a gun is going to get a gun. And it's bottom line, that's that's just the end of the story. And, and and the guns is really a distraction because the Democrats, while they want to pass more gun laws. They want to make it easier for guys like this guy to avoid going to jail. Democrats think putting right. a guy like this in jail is the problem. Putting people in jail is the problem. I know your, your good buddy Alec Ross was talking well, about Well, Alec Ross wants to give him a ballot while he's in jail. Right. On, the, mean, on, a, on his smartphone. The, the reality is, and this is what's going on in Baltimore City, too, if you put violent, repeat felons in jail and you keep them there, you will reduce the violent crime rate. Right. It's you know, going to happen. And I want, to, I want to ask you something that's tied to this, by the way. And that's the fact that, um, you know, bail for this guy was actually set at $2 million, okay? Yeah, they talked about the bail thing, which is well, but issue. It, but it, but I, I want to bring it back to what Brian Frosch wants to do and what a lot of the Democrats want to do in, you know, in Maryland is eliminate cash bail. Right. Um, now, I'm not smart enough – you're the lawyer in the room. I'm not right. smart enough to know how the elimination of cash bail – would affect this guy if it had been in place right now, but I don't there, think it is, would have had any effect. Okay, but. and that's you know the, the point being the point that I was trying to make though is fact that by eliminating cash bail, you make it easier for people who have had contact with the criminal justice system to go back on the street. Yeah, which it's, is which is which is not the exact same thing that has happened here. Right, but you know because here it was a direct failure of um you know of the legal community of of the prosecutor's office to actually prosecute the guy and put him in jail or or if i mean we don't know the whole story and that deserves more of an answer but if in fact the cop didn't do his job right and the arrest was bad and they couldn't get the conviction we need to know that too yeah that sometimes happens there was yeah there was definitely a failure on the side of public officials here yeah okay whether that was the prosecutor whether that was the cop if cash bail were revoked then the failure would be on the legislature for making it easier for bad guys to go back out on the street. Yeah, if you take away here, – here's the problem, and, I, and this debate's been going on for a long time, and there's, there's, there's a debate about whether to have cash bail and bail bondsmen, and then there's an issue about whether you know, the state should pay for attorneys to represent defendants at bond review hearings. I, I'm a little more sympathetic on that, quite frankly, for a lot of reasons. But the fact is if you take away the option of bail – you're left with two options, either release on recognizance or keep them incarcerated. And the people pushing for getting rid of bail are saying that too many people are in prison for too long. So they're going to want to lean on the side of release on recognizance. 
which is exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This guy killed three people. The the million dollar bail is is the same. The, 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 I think the judge knows this is essentially the same as saying you're not getting bail. So without without a uh, cash bail system, he would have just been held in in custody. But you know, there's always there's always some place in, in what we call in the law the penumbra. So there's going to be somebody who's sitting in jail, and and the argument is well. There are people sitting in jail because they can't afford bail. Rich people have a better chance of getting out because they can afford bail. And bail bondsmen who kind of bridge that gap are, you know, they're they're bloodsuckers and this and that and the whatever. Um, and they're making money on it. But the reality is what's going to happen de facto if you get rid of cash bail mm-hmm. is that more criminals, not guys like this necessarily, but more people who are awaiting trial, trials that are probably going to be pled out or dismissed, or delayed, they're going to be back out on the streets. Yeah, committing more crimes. That's what's going to happen. If you want to keep, if you want to keep crime down, you have to get criminals off the streets and put them in jail. There's no other way to do it. No, absolutely. I think this is this. Is, I'm not saying you know this, this could definitely be an issue going forward. Um, you know, with with all of the democratic efforts to take away guns, all the democratic efforts to reform the bail system. Greg, why don't we have a palate cleanser? Let's have a palate um, you know, cleanser. Let's let's. You know, let's reset, and we'll talk about some less serious stuff. You know, when we come on the other side of the break. Oh, you want to take a break? I do want to take a break. So why don't we go ahead and take a break? Uh, good plan, and uh, we'll come back. Stick with us. It's okay. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. We will be right back. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit RedMaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at Zazzle.com slash Red Maryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at RedMaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland Talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. On the Red Maryland Network. The fun. entire time during the break, Greg was standing here, and what was what he was saying? What were you saying again, Greg? Well, I don't know. What was I saying? This is where you're supposed to use the use the use the use the thing. God, 
Conversations and your big issues with your brains and your smart stuff, okay? Okay, thank you. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, yeah. One of the sorry. nice things that Maryland's trying to get Stop! to is Amazon's HQ2 headquarters. Yeah. And, um, you know, Greg, this has been something going on all over the country where I think they said 500 communities sure. were putting in for it. Well, it's 50,000 new jobs. So, and five, who and, wouldn't and, want and that? several billion dollars worth of. Uh, you know, worth of growth. I saw the the town of Scarborough, Maine, was putting in a bid for um, you know for Amazon's HQ2. Scarborough, Maine, by the way, population twenty thousand. Yeah, but they're putting in a bid for it. We'll have to bust some people in. Is that going to be? Is, yeah. <laughs> well, bring them in by boat. I can't do a Maine accent. I can't do a Maine. I'm not really sure what a Maine accent sounds like. I tell you, okay. to tell you the right. truth. Um, I've been, and, I, and, I, and I've vacationed in Maine multiple times, but I don't know what a Maine accent sounds like. Interesting. Um, Interesting. While you're visiting your friends on the other side of the border, I'm sure. I've only ever crossed the border from Maine into Canada once. We came back the same day, went to New Brunswick, Campobello Island, FDR summer home, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, FDR. Mm. You think that helps? I'm watching you. I'm keeping an eye on you. <laughs> I've got the dossier. Yeah, I'm not the only one. Um, <laughs> and look what happened to that guy. Uh, anyway. That's how I roll. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or lay there several feet underground. Anyway. Oh, hey. No. Um, no. no. <laughs> uh, I'm a jerk. Ever heard of a little thing called the Internet? Yeah, I have. I don't know why I had that one. I don't, I don't either. Um, anyway, Amazon's <laughs> HQ2. Yeah. Um, Is there a new story you're waiting for me to bring? No, I'm not, actually. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't have. I'm just, the, the, I'm just pushing. Several communities in Maryland are vying for it. I know Charles County was vying right. for it, Prince George's County, Montgomery County. Uh, Wouldn't that be funny though? All all these people competing and they put it in La Plata. <laughs> well, and of course, you know, that would tor- be hilarious. A tornado, a major tornado, goes through every every seventy years. So you know, I was born in La Plata. You know, I do know that. Yes, I do. Pre-tornado, of course. Well, well, pre-tornado. There may have been several tornadoes between then. Right. Um, <laughs> But not the pre-1926 tornado. That's correct. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> but um, so there was a big to-do, of course, about Baltimore. Right. And the Port Covington. Because everything's in Port Covington. You know, basically the entire free world trying to move to Port Covington. If you right. Know, the, it's a, it's a good folk. place for something. And, of course, we talked several months ago about the tax increment financing issues right. up in Port Covington and all the ways that – um, Baltimore is trying to make it much harder for their tax base to grow and much harder to pay for their schools. But Governor Hogan uh, – Giving away the store to try to get some economic right. Governor Hogan and Mayor, Mayor Pugh uh, were among many people yesterday talking about the, uh, the bid, if you will, that they were sending in to, right. to Amazon. Right. And uh, you know, talking about – the governor was talking about all the tax breaks and tax incentives and all this other stuff. And Greg, the question that I have for you, and it's just okay. a general question, I'm happy to take it. Is away. any of this a good idea? Uh, it is to a certain point, but you know, it, it does have to be a cost-benefit analysis. You point out if you give away so many breaks that once you get the 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 benefit, it turns out being a net negative. Then then putting those resources towards general business development, you know, is there better? You know, this is what we talk about with stadiums and Olympics and stuff like that. When you start you know, using a lot of taxpayer money to prove something that's never going to give you the economic bang for the buck that 
just a you know just a general tax cut or or you know better zoning for businesses in general. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Look, I, one of the reasons why the Maryland D.C. area I don't use the term that some people use the the Washington metropolitan area. Um, the Baltimore Washington metropolitan area. Sure, sure. Is because there's some thought that Amazon wants a headquarters near D.C. because they're going they're more and more regulated by D.C. like everybody is, and so they want to have a headquarters near where the action is, and that gives this region. Um, somewhat of an advantage. Look, it's look, it's fifty thousand fifty thousand jobs. The governor's running for re-election, having created one hundred thirty thousand jobs. He gets this, you know. I mean, it's a big, it's a big, big deal. Um, is it worth it? I mean, that's a good question. It's a good question. Um, obviously, the you know, it, the, the folks in Baltimore doing this aren't a good example because, as you've talked about, they've given away tax breaks and incentives and yeah. these tiffs, and it turns out they've gotten the development, and then it ends up holding them back from their tax base and really doesn't have the economic impact and budgetary impact that just better pro-business policies could have. Yeah, so and we'll that's, see. And that's kind of the ultimate takeaway for me, of course, the fact that you know. And, and I understand, you know, you got communities all over the place are basically throwing money at Amazon, basically to to beg right. them to come there. I just saw that that Newark, New Jersey, offered seven billion dollars to Amazon. Seven. I don't know where Newark, New Jersey, has seven billion dollars to give Amazon. And I have to. I have a funny feeling that Newark, New Jersey, is not going to make the short list. They have a very lucrative uh, waste handling. Industry up there. <laughs> and lots of good d- yeah. Italian restaurants. They got the New Jersey Devils and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, God, even the even the even the New Jersey Nets left Newark, you know, for Brooklyn. For Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, uh, you know. So it's, but you know, and I think the other thing too, Greg, is that you point out talking about policies that are beneficial to right. starting a business, running a business, is the fact that if you had those policies in place. You would have all the jobs here that you could handle, and wouldn't need to throw all your, you know, all your eggs into the Amazon basket. Right. I mean, I mean that's could, the whole thing. For, for the billions of dollars in tax incentives or whatever other resources you're putting into it to get fifty thousand jobs, could you bring fifty businesses that had a thousand jobs, or five hundred businesses that had a hundred jobs? Right. And you could do that a lot. You know, first off, it's not as specific to one company. It's spread out a little bit more. It's more diverse. You know, I think Amazon's going to be a very strong company for a long, long time, but they're pretty specific with what they do. And, you know, you're kind of putting eggs in one basket and you're giving this one company such a such a huge advantage. I mean, that that's the point. And it's, you know, when we talk about stadiums and stuff, the answer is always no, it's not worth it. Uh, but this one, I, you know, it's probably not at the end of the day. They probably won't get it, but it's such a big deal for politicians. And look, this is the way we do business in Maryland. No, it's for true. better or for worse. And, and Governor, and look, and Governor he, Hogan can't put his best foot forward to try to get this. Right, because he's hamstrung by the Democrats. It kind of is. Yeah. And it's funny, and it, well, it's not funny, it's sad, because if you look at all of the requirements that Amazon asked of bidding cities, right. You know, easy access to you know easy access to flights to Washington D.C. and Seattle. Well, you don't need a flight to Washington if you're in Baltimore right. or Prince right. George's County or or wherever. True. Um, you know, and plus you can fly nonstop to Seattle from BWI. 
You know, you well, have you the highway infrastructure. You've already got the big distrib- distribution plant in, in um, you know, near the near the port of Baltimore, right yeah, on the lot, other side of the Harbor Tunnel. Yeah, we naturally have a lot of those boxes yeah. check transportation and, and infrastructure. Now I know that there. I know cycling was big on there. Yeah, well, big on their list. That's great. You know, but that's great. You know, we we should have every natural advantage to have Amazon build in Baltimore, really. You, you Except, think we can win without Maglev? Uh, <laughs> don't get me started about Maglev. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My wife called me up today. She's like, "I see, I saw somebody with a bumper sticker that says don't destroy our houses to build Maglev.' What are they talking about?" I'm like, "It's, you know, it's, it's a long like, story." You know, and it's funny because it's like everything. Everything that's old is new again. I know we're getting off topic here now. I'm everything, sorry. I actually thought that might be where you're going. Well, no. Everything. I mean, everything old is new again because you know. I remember work in some county races, you know, a countywide race in 2002 where maglev was a big issue. Sure. It was a huge issue back sure. then. And then it died and now it's back with a vengeance. I'll, I'll say this. If they're building, if their intention is to build maglev so people can get from Capitol Hill to downtown Baltimore in 15 minutes, that is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you know, maglev... <laughs> is it worth destroying Odenton over? No, probably not. <laughs> I joke. I kid Odenton. <laughs> You know, if if Maglev was part of an actual like net East Coast national network of let's have high speed trains that can take us from Baltimore from Washington to New York in an hour, okay. A thirty mile long Maglev at a two hundred billion dollars, whatever the cost is, I exaggerate. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, but and, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and, moronic. And who's really using that? We know who's really using that. I mean, at the end of the day, right. I mean, how many people going to take? It's going to be, you know. The, right. the uh, commissariat that's yeah, going to be yeah, using. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, to me, Greg, I think ultimately the bid that's being put forth, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I, I'll be honest. It's You're talking about so much in tax write-offs, in tax benefits, and, and tax breaks, and transportation upgrades. And again, I get it. The transportation upgrades probably are necessary given – if you're looking at Port Covington, the Port Covington environment – you know that's probably necessary for some of the growth that that Sagamore and everybody wants to do down there. So right. I get that. Right. That probably happens anyway. Right. But you know you have to be realistic with yourself. After all the incentives expire, then what? I mean you can't. You know if Amazon's talking about putting down roots someplace, they're not going to look at okay, well what do I get the first five years of this deal? It's not like a, you know it's not like a football, it's not like a football team where you can just pick it up and move when the lease expires. They shouldn't be looking that way. But, but I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, if they can get another billion dollars to go someplace else, I mean, you know, leave <laughs> leave an empty warehouse here. I mean, I mean, you could. I mean, it could happen if you if you give away too much on that kind of stuff. You're absolutely right. You would like to think that they're looking for a place to be for, you know, the next five decades or something. Um, they haven't been around that long to begin with, so that's an exaggeration. But but yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. But again. It's hard, especially in the environment that we have in Maryland with Baltimore City, with some of these jurisdictions that the governor is trying to work with, to say, you know what, let's focus on economic development in a way where we take these big resources and put them towards building lots of businesses and lots of industry rather than putting it all into one big, you know, shoot the moon kind of mm-hmm. kind of deal. But look, if it comes here, it's a huge deal. All these politicians who were involved in bringing it here are going to win the lottery politically. So, 
Yeah, you know, we'll see it's, what it's happens. Almost like I don't know. Can't afford not to play. I don't know what the time, like their time frame, is for a decision. It's but, not. Let's say that. Let's end on a more positive note. This discussion. It's not Olympics bad. No, 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 no. no, no. There you go. No. So there's that. I, I will say something funny though. Did you know there's actually two bids going in from Baltimore? Did you know that? Uh, one from no, no, I did not know that. Yeah, the the, the old Goucher Community Association, which is a neighborhood in Baltimore where Goucher College used to be, right, has also submitted a bid. To oh, good for them. Yeah, which kind of, you know, it's it kind of reminds me of of a couple of you know there was a um, every so often like one of like some one of the random countries that you never think of submits a bid for the Summer Olympics. <laughs> you know, like all of a sudden it's like here's the Olympic bid from Togo. You know, yeah. so. And it's like, oh, well, that's... Ah, consider Kazakhstan. That's not even a Kazakhstan. I don't even know what I'm doing there. No, I don't know. But Kazakhstan has been for the Olympics multiple times. Okay. So well, that's not... a bad example. They're actually a very large country. Well, they're a large Central country Asia. geographically. They're not really, you know... They're not an economic... We got a room for a stadium. Olympics. Come on. Yeah, can you imagine... We got the, mountains. The Baku Olympics. <laughs> well, hell, if the, if the Winter Olympics can go to Beijing, which they are... Right. You know, after hosting the Summer Olympics, the first city to host sure. to get to host them both sure. within a 14-year time frame, which, by the way. And let's be honest, the Olympics are perfect for a totalitarian state. They are. The, the pomp and circumstance and building all the infrastructure and forcing all the people to deal with it just for an international display, it's perfect for China. I will say this. Uh, as a U.S. taxpayer, at least the next, the next U.S. games are in Los Angeles. Ah, <laughs> suckers. Well, fortunately... What's it going to do? Is it going to hurt their traffic? <laughs> you know, True, good and, point. And, and to be fair to them, pretty much. Oh, all, let's be fair to them. So if we're anything, let's be fair to Los Angeles. Most, you know, for Los, the city of Los Angeles, most of their stadiums and venues are already built or in the process of being built. I mean, they're going to have two. Did you know Los Angeles is going to have two soccer specific stadiums uh, within the next year? Yes. At the point that they're get a new, new one in the city of Los Angeles, Stadium. Well, there you go. And the baseball stadium and everything. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I saw something online, people talking about Columbus. New, the Columbus. New one in the city of Los Angeles. What the hell? The football stadium. Easy. <laughs> anyway, you were we saying were in a, We were in one of them looper loops. You were saying, um, you were saying Columbus. Yeah, they're they're moving their MS. Oh, yeah, the Columbus crew is moving to Austin, Texas. Yeah. You know, and like, oh, man, they ought to build a state. Like, soccer. Well, I'm surprised. Hold on. Now, hold on, hold on. They played in the horseshoe, no, yeah, and then which they, is there for football, but they hold on. found a use for it. Well, no, because they played, in the, they played in the shoe for a couple of years. Columbus built the first soccer-specific stadium in the country. No, I understand. but And now they're leaving, yeah. Yeah, I understand. Columbus is, you know, they've got a real inferiority complex in Columbus, so they'd probably be happy to support soccer. But no, they, they love their team. That's the whole thing, and... And the and the U.S. national team. I lived there team, for three years. I know the U.S. national. They don't have a whole team, lot to love. The U.S. national team always plays matches in Columbus. The U.S. national team has bigger problems than the Columbus crew moving there, especially after the losing the Trinidad and Tobago and missing the World Cup. But we're talking. We've we've exceeded our quota <laughs> for soccer talk. Okay, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't play a jingle for that. I'm not going to play a jingle. For okay, that. well let's use the jingle as a palate cleanser to go to our next stop. Well, you, hold on. You can't do that. When I don't know where my cursor is. Yeah, that's the problem. We look well on this show. We even though there are problems with the NFL, and depending on how the tonight's game go, I might decide to join the <laughs> the boycott on the NFL. But we talk about real football here, baseball even. How about how about baseball? That's a good the greatest thing. sport on earth. So we don't we don't talk about soccer on here. <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about something else. <laughs> so our Greg's good friend, Dr. Malaya Cromer. Yes, Dr. Cromer. Wrote a uh, – I was op- going to play the Yeehaw, but that's not appropriate for a, Dr. Cromer. A, no, it's not. A, uh, wrote an op-ed in this morning's Baltimore Sun. You know, we should invite her onto the show. I know she fo- she probably doesn't listen regularly, but she does follow us, and she does she is aware when we say things about her. Headline, the Trump, Trump effect is helping, not hurting, Governor Hogan. There you go. Where have you heard that before, Greg? I'm sure I've heard it somewhere associated with Red Maryland. Speculation began as soon as the polls closed in 2016 that Donald Trump's unpopularity among Democrats and independents would make Larry Hogan a one-term governor. The Trump effect was supposed to diminish Mr. Hogan's re-election chances right. due to their shared party affiliation. Public polling since Mr. Trump's election suggests that this particular political prediction has not come to fruition. Right. Don't, tell, don't tell Banjo troll that because he still thinks it's working. Well – Mr. Trump chastised Republicans in Congress for their failure to repeal Obamacare. Mr. Hogan said, quote, we need common sense bipartisan solutions that will stabilize markets and actually expand affordable coverage. In response to the tragic event in Charlottesville, Mr. Trump found blame on both sides, and Mr. Hogan condemned hatred, bigotry, and violence, and through the Maryland Historical Trust, removed the Justice Roger Taney statue from the, from the State House grounds. The perception of moderate politics is often as much about an approach to governance as it is policy, thus it is also about steadfastness rather than impulsiveness or even public messaging versus tweet storms, even deploying Maryland's National Guard to assist in a hurricanes uh, and in hurricane relief efforts versus commenting about the poor leadership ability of the mayor of San Juan. The list goes on as this piece does. And, Greg, it shows something. It talks a little bit about the, the Goucher poll, which we, of course, have talked about here. Right. And uh, it, it, it goes to show you something that we have been talking about. For quite a while, and that's the fact that voters in Maryland are not making the connection, are not punishing Governor Hogan for President Trump since. Well, I think a lot of Democrats don't give voters in general enough credit. I mean, look, in, in the in the liberal progressive Democrat bubble that is that's got Trump derangement syndrome, they're they're going to be pretty hostile to Governor Hogan anyway. So it's easy to it's easy to to lump him in, and the Democratic Party in Maryland's convinced all they need is those people, and they can win, um, despite a lot of polling numbers and a lot of data to the opposite. I, I think independent-minded voters, conservative Democrats who maybe don't like Donald Trump very much at all, but recognize but are but are intelligent enough, and I think people who vote by and large are intelligent to see that the governor isn't Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. His his approach is different. That's something that Dr. Cromer talks about. His policies are a little are a little different. He's a little bit more moderate on this stuff. Um, But he is he's not as confrontational. People he's he's more likable, frankly, and that's what he and and that's what he he rules more moderately and non confrontationally. So it's hard to scare people that he's an evil Republican because he's not. Okay, and this is what Democrats have been trying to do from day one with this guy, and it doesn't work. What's interesting, she points out later in the piece, and she links to a to a uh, a, an article that I was quoted in um, about the the tawny stuff, and and you know might be a hindrance on the base or whatever. What I noted when I wrote about the tawny statue back then is the same thing that Dr. Cromer comes around to that most of us who follow this come to. You know, it's tough to be a moderate with the hardcore base of your party 
true on the left, true on our side too, but most Republicans, all the data shows, overwhelmingly approve the job the governor's doing and are going to vote for the governor and recognize yep. that when you look at the alternative, I talked about this the other night on, on conservative refuge, they're going to, they're going to be there for the governor, even though they disagree with, you know, we could, we could list half a dozen things that you and I have been critical of the governor on. publicly critical. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, the balance, it's not even close. And I think that's, that's why you see, the high approval numbers. That's why I see him. You see him do well even amongst them. I mean, you know that 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 poll we talked about at the time. Twenty five percent of Democrats were ready to vote for the governor for reelection today. I mean, anywhere in the country, you know, a Republican gubernatorial candidate who's got twenty five percent of the Democratic vote walks into office. You know, it's just and because it's, the demographics yeah. are so skewed here in Maryland that it's, you know, it he hasn't. Cross that threshold. And by the way, that doesn't and that doesn't take into account the fact that the number of Democrats are down and the number of independents are up in the state of Maryland. Yeah, which has been a trend that's been going on for a long time. Yeah, but of course, what we see, Greg, is the same thing that has been going on for the last year. You mentioned Banjo Troll, who, of course, we were happy to help show the door uh, from the Maryland Democratic Party, and you know, and, and all these other jabronis who are. Just continually, they just want to talk about Trump. That's all they want to do is tie tie the governor to Trump, tie the governor to Trump, tie the governor to Trump. Martin O'Malley's kid was doing it on Twitter today. Oh well, the governor be, hasn't signed this letter yet. Now, of course, to be fair, right. look, look 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 where he learned politics. Yeah, but but um, it's easy to do, and it's because you've got Trump who is, you know, actively, um, actively, I don't know, and. <laughs> Engendering hatred from the left That's part of his shtick okay? Because guys on our side love it when he pisses them off They're all worked up and frothy So it's easy to do You know the you know President Trump and I say this to the big Trump fans I have to repeat it because you have to Listen to it and understand Donald Trump didn't do very well in Maryland Okay If Donald Trump were running for governor He'd have the doors blown off here in Maryland He just would I know there were some people before the election who thought he might have a chance here, they were very delusional. So, you know, the governor has the right approach. He's shown they can do, and he has a great record that Republicans are going to like, that independents are going to say, okay. You know, I talked about this this morning on WGMD with, with Mike Bradley in the morning. This is a guy who's winning awards for Chesapeake Bay restoration. He's winning, mm-hmm. he's, he's spending more money in real dollars on, K through 12 education than any other governor. He's spending more money than any other prior governor on Chesapeake Bay restoration. He's had bipartisan success in program open space. He's got a bold uh, transportation program that he's implementing. That's fixing up our road infrastructure, which is, which has been um, ignored for years and years. He's managed to do all of that for three years in a row with budgets that are balanced, that don't massively increase state spending that don't have any tax increases and that actually allowed him to have $700 million in tax fee and toll relief. That's an incredible accomplishment. That's the kind of, that's the best that I think any of us who are conservative could expect a governor in the state of Maryland with an, with an incredibly hostile legislature to be able to do. That's why he's going to get 61%. And when he goes out and campaigns on that record with $30 million worth of TV ads, okay, the Democrats are not going to be able to beat him with Trump. They're not going to be able to beat him with, you know, letting inmates vote or, 
you know, having free college education and, and state-run single-payer health care. And again, state. this is after – That this will is not after, beat him. And this is true, especially as the governor is able to start general election messaging against token Democrat um, pretty much immediately, whereas the Democrats, of course, have a nine-way primary right now going into uh, – Which is forcing them all to go By to the By the way, left. and if I may, you will read a little bit more about that Democratic primary in the Capitol tomorrow, my biweekly column. So please tell me you use the term, the, the patent, the copyrighted red mail term clown car. Uh, yes, I did. Good. Yes, I did. That's your term. You should be using. Yes, I did. I'm sure there will be – I'm sure there will be cards and letters sent to the Capitol after – if you're doing your job, <laughs> hey, they hired you. They should expect that sort of stuff. Yes. Yes, they do. They, <laughs> they, they knew they were getting the Brian Griffiths experience. Good. And, we're good. And um, I don't know. I think you started slow on that column, by the way. You, you, you know, eased into it a little bit. You know, I did. I'm it waiting was, for full Griffiths at some point. Well, it's close. I tell you what. Okay. Um, you know, when, you, when, you, when, I start making jo- <laughs> when I start making Abbott and Costello jokes, as I do tomorrow, um, oh wow! Listen to the preview. <laughs> hey, Abbott! I don't have a clip from Abbott and Costello. Yet. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. Nor do you have a clip from uh, from uh, Men in Tights. I'm sure. But be that as it may, let's. You know move. what? I don't want to. I don't want to digress. But you're going to. I'm not a fan of that movie. Just leave it at that. That's Love Mel Brooks. That's sad. I don't like that movie at all. I'm not a fan of Young Frankenstein. So oh, okay. Know. See. They were from very different worlds. The only movie I ever walked out of was Robin Hood Men and Tights. Really? It's the only movie I've ever walked out of. Really? Movie. It just I was like enough. The only movie I ever walked out of was Big Top Pee Wee. Okay. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, maybe you shouldn't have been a Big Top Pee Wee to begin with. <laughs> Be that as it may. Um, speaking of the Big Top, it's Congressional District Six. That's how I roll. That's right. Um, I'm sorry, District 6. District 6 primary, primary got off to a start. but it, It's been off to a start for a while. Of course, uh, Greg, you, you've interviewed two candidates. This is another – this is another – yeah, it did. We have, we have interviewed some candidates. And you you interviewed had a piece Brad Roy and Moss. We've got two pieces this week. That'll generate some right. cards and letters. Uh, yes, it did. Um, <laughs> the first piece, of course, was talking about a, a sign. It was actually – it was a, a picture posted by uh, the aforementioned Matt Mossberg on Facebook right. of a newly minted sign – that went up in Frederick County, Ami Hover for, for Congress sign. You're saying newly minted. There seems to be some dispute as to whether it was newly minted, but a newly posted. A newly posted, posted sign, sign yes, yeah. uh, where Ami Hover was saying, uh, endorsed by Governor Hogan, yeah. which was true during the general election last year. Uh, she formally announces her run for Congress right. uh, on the 24th, which is next Tuesday. And uh, so she's putting up signs before she even announces. Okay. Correct. Yeah. This was well. She announced. She officially announced. Well, she unofficially officially announced in an interview with the Cumberland Times News the other day. We'll get to that article in a second. Okay. All right. And okay. not too long before that, the Ami Hover for Congress sign popped up with the Governor Hogan and with the endorsed by Hogan endorsement. Right. Um, and of course, there's no endorsement. Uh, right. you know, the governor endorsed during the general election last year. Exactly. I reached out to um, the governor's campaign, who confirmed the governor has not made any congressional endorsements in this election cycle. Right. There seems to be a dispute, like as you said, about w- whether this camp sign was posted by the campaign, whether the sign was posted by somebody else. I know that the usual, the usual liberal Republicans in Frederick County, who love us, 
um, had their sphincters tightened about this and got all up in arms about it, right? Uh, about it being an issue. And, well, and and, and you know, look, as I, you pointed as you pointed out on um, on WGMD this morning, I did. You know, this is an issue that comes up every election cycle yeah. where people. Usually it's not this blatant because usually usually the trick is here's a picture of me with the governor and that's fine that's nobody's gonna nobody's gonna argue about that well the endorsement is implied but it's you're not going out and saying this guy supports me that's what you're this, you're not you're not using the words endorsed right that's a that's a little more you're blatant. legally clear <laughs> that's a little more blatant right yeah whereas Hober's sign is saying endorsed by Hogan which is a lie it is not true yeah and. You know, I know that the Hober campaign is um, the, the nascent Hober campaign, which is having all sorts of trouble, from what I understand. Um, well, she's got a real race. I mean, there's some good candidates in this race who are ready for battle, who are you know, w- who are running good campaigns, who are smart, intelligent people, who are gonna seem. T- we'll see when the numbers come in, but seem to have an ability to raise some money. Who've actually some of them have actually won elections before, with that, which I don't think Ms. Ober has ever done. And, you know, she's not going to have an easy time winning it this time. I mean, I know there were a lot of people she ran against last time, and some of them were elected officials, and, and I don't want to diminish them at all. But, but um, she's going to have her hands full, and people are gunning for these other candidates, and this kind of stuff is, is, is going to pop up. And it's – look, here's the thing. This does come up all the time. It was an issue when Ehrlich – uh, was governor. Look, Republicans, there's so many candidates. To put it at a congressional level, it's pretty egregious because people kind of know a little bit more about the candidates. But Republicans running in a primary, there's lots of candidates, lots of races. It's hard for Republican voters. It's something we try to do here at Red Maryland to be a clearinghouse for information so you can get to know who some of these candidates are. But it's such a huge advantage if you can take the goodwill from Governor Hogan who's universally recognized by Republicans particularly, who's overwhelmingly positively viewed by Republicans, and you can, you can tap into that to help your campaign against your Republican opponents. Okay, it's a huge advantage. The governor knows that. Okay, candidates know that. And the fact is the governor is going to lend his imprimatur to certain candidates who are in um, contested primaries. It may not be an overt endorsement, but if you're Christian Melee, who has a kickoff with the governor, or you know, Al you're Al Redmer, you know, it ain't subtle whose side the governor's on, right? And you know, that's a big deal. And the governor, the governor is going to protect that himself because he knows how important that is, and he's not going to squander that and let people just, you know, everybody can get a picture with the governor. Um, it's not hard to get the governor to make a quote that says something nice about you. I think he's going to be supportive of Republican candidates. Generally, he wants more Republicans elected everywhere because that helps his agenda. But, you know, when you say you got an endorsement, when you don't, that's a, that's, that's a red hot button to make races go nuclear and to do it this far out is, I mean, there's time to absolutely course correct and do this. The really nasty stuff is when you try to do it the weekend before the election, right? And you do it at the polling place where you do, um, you do the old trick where you just have, you know, <laughs> you just have all the pictures of all the good Republicans, and then your guy, your face is right beside it, implying that we're all together, and maybe the other guys in the other pictures don't even know who you are, um, and they certainly haven't endorsed you. 
Um, but it's a, it's a big deal. And of course, incumbents like to say they're endorsed. And so, you know, if you're a challenger, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's, it's so speaking of, speaking of another whole thing that, but what Ami Hober did, clear mistake, don't do it. We called her on it. When it happens in other races, we're going to call it on other people. Just know that. Yeah. So also in, I mentioned the Cumberland times news interview earlier. And uh, during that interview, Ami Hober decided that she was going to make a uh, make a focus on this race, the opioid epidemic, right. um, which was an issue she almost didn't talk about at all during her 2016 campaign. And Greg, I don't know about you. I wrote about this at RedMaryland.com. The fact – it seems like a pretty cheap shot considering that she's running against an admitted – opioid addict who's in recovery, Matt Mossberg. Well, Matt, Matt Mossberg has made that a central issue of his campaign. It's part of his personal story. It's something that, that is very important to him. He's been out talking about it. As, as a candidate for Congress, he sees an important role in addressing that issue uh, by Congress. It is an important issue, and I, know, and I know Matt took it real personal when he read that. Um, whether it's intended as a cheap shot or whether it's intended as kind of uh, Ami Hober doing her poser thing, where now she recognizes this is what people are talking about, so I'm going to me too on this kind of stuff. Um, either way, it's not very flattering for her to make it. I mean, it, you know, it's one thing if you're asked a question, you respond to it, and you say it's an important issue because it is. Of course, it was two years ago, too. That's the other thing. It's not more of an issue now than it was two years ago, frankly, because mm-hmm. um, Governor was talking about it two years ago, and it was a big issue then, too. Uh, you know, so it's fair to ask what changed her mind. Uh, obviously, having a candidate in the race who's kind of focused on it might be the answer. But anyway, um, he certainly took it as a cheap shot. He read that and said, you got to be kidding me. Uh, this is what he said publicly. And I'm not surprised to hear that reaction. And, and, you know, you pointed it out. So we'll see. I'm sure her friends and allies who, you know, don't like Brian and don't like the butthurt brigade, <laughs> don't like Matt Mossberg now either, I guess. Or, you know, or Brad Roars or anybody else who sees, you know, the kind of games um, that that Ami is engaging in, you know, they're they're not going to see it for what it is. But again, we call it out, you know, we still got we still got we'll take your calls, your cards and letters. Absolutely. We still got eight months until that primary. So I'm I'm sure that it will be a oh, uh, it's going to be a fun race. It will be a fun race to watch and cover. One more political thing uh, before we get out of here. I just learned on Twitter. Are we going to do poll results at some? We point? are after I after after okay. this and after a break. Um, is that Jim Brochin, who announced he was um, running for Baltimore County Executive yesterday, right. Democrat? Right. And uh, I learned on Twitter from Pam Wood from the Baltimore Sun that uh, somebody in attendance there to support Jim Brochin was uh, Delegate Chris West. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. So he's I, running for re-election. No, he's running for Brochin Senate seat. I'm sorry. He's running for state Senate seat. You're right. Thank you yeah, for correcting me. Yeah, he's trying to get me. promoted. Yeah. yeah. So what, just what we need, another liberal Republican in the state Senate. You know, you don't have to be there. It's it's one of those – yeah. Yeah, what does it mean that you're there? What it, you know, I mean, I'm sure he wants to see him announce it because he wants to make sure it actually happens. But if you're there, are you lending your support? I mean, some of these politicians, they go to all the events – and it's just like a good old boy network because they're in the club, you know, but you got to see, you got to think about how it looks. I don't, I don't go to I fundraisers think, unless I support the person. That's just me. Yeah. 
And well, it, sometimes we go to cover them if we're invited to go. But, I mean, if I'm paying we, money to go to a fundraiser, no, I understand. I am, but we don't go to Democratic fundraisers. Yeah, funny how that works out that way. You know, and I wouldn't have much regard for a Republican candidate who wants my vote, who's going out and and publicly showing their support for Democrats. Yeah, I don't have any use for somebody like that. You can get you can get somebody else's money. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. let's take a quick break. We'll do poll results after the break. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Have fun with your important conversations and your big issues with your brains and your smart stuff, okay? back red maryland radio on the red maryland network i am brian he is greg good to be here well greg they've had their meat now they can have the pudding <laughs> okay okay yeah poll results let's just get to the poll results yeah let's uh, talk about the poll results tease uh so there happen. were 172 participants in this month's poll a couple of you counties what month what month was it october <laughs> <laughs> uh a couple of you counties slacked off by the way and yeah. a lot of you are from Montgomery County. I mean, a lot of you are from Montgomery County. Yeah, well, welcome. We lo- we enjoy our fans from Montgomery County, to be yes, sure. Yes, we do. And a lot of you were not Central Committee members. And that's hey, okay. Hey, Eastern Shore, step up a little bit, all right? Yeah. Somerset, Talbot. Yeah. Dorchester, we're looking at you guys. We'll even call it Talbot, just so you vote, okay? <laughs> we'll do that for you. Like I said, most of you not Central Committee members. Greg, we that also- number is going down, which is interesting. It is very interesting. Um. Greg, also of interest is the interesting curve that we had on the age this time around. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Hi. <laughs> you know, that, that trip to Leisure World <laughs> was very successful. <laughs> We're happy to do it. We welcome your input. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> you know, we, we also welcome your input on the size, whether or not the Maryland General Assembly should be reduced. You know, they size. say older voters are very engaged. They, I, they, I, they are. I think that's a true statement. Um, and uh, 43.9% of you do want to reduce the size of the Maryland General Assembly. 47.2% of you, not so much. Yeah, give it another thing, because I think we're on to something with reducing it. Yeah. Right. 
Greg, do protests during the national anthem make you less likely to watch NFL games? Uh, no. Well, uh, the Raiders losing does. Seventy-nine point four percent of the people said yes, yeah. which I'm okay, sure, whatever. You're wrong. I don't know that the ratings are showing that decline. They are showing some decline, but we'll see. I can tell By you. By the way, I'm not a superstitious man. If I was, I would point out that the uh, Raiders have not won a game since I saw them live for the first time in my life. I'm not superstitious, so that's good. I will say that I did see an article in the Sun the other day talk about how the like ten to fifteen thousand no shows a game at Raven Stadium. That probably has something to do with them sucking right now, not not the protest. It doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't help. But they beat the Raiders, so we got that going for us. There you go. We we beat we beat the bottom tier of the league: Cincinnati, Cleveland, Oakland. Anyway, whatever, whatever. It's you know, enjoy it while you can, my friend. Do you think all members of the Maryland House Delaware should be elected in single-member districts? This stays, this stays high, 86.2%. The, the answer should be yes. Yeah, absolutely. The answer should be yes. So, Greg, we got a, our, our Senate poll got a little Rochambeau, a little hijacked this month. Rochambeau, indeed. Yeah, because Sam Faddis, who got 20.5% of the vote, was one of only two named candidates. Right. Uh, dropped out of the race. Can we, say, can we address that a little bit? Yeah, we I mean, haven't Sam, talked about it on air yet. Sam's a good guy. Um, and you know what? It's refreshing to see somebody who is kind of doing an exploratory thing come back and say, you know what? Uh, I'm out. And he said, look, I'm not raising enough money to be competitive. And you know what? Good for him. Good for him. He doesn't need to be a sacrificial lamb. He was willing to do it. He's got some strong background. He's run before. He went out there and didn't get the response that he wanted. And so if you if if you know people listening to this are unhappy we don't have a good Senate candidate at the end of the day this there is you go. why this is why cuz I mean he him him and David Pay who got 1.7% of the vote right. are the only candidates who are somewhat announced or exploring you know I mean there look there will be somebody will file to run as a Republican But you know what Senate. it's that that is an incredibly tough race to win on the best of circumstances it won't be this time around and when you do it in this cycle, the governor sucks up all the energy and money and everything else. It's hard to it's hard to clear the air. The last time somebody was able to do it successfully, of course, was um, Michael Steele. Oh, you mean you mean so it's even you cut mean run through and be competitive when you have oh, yeah, a that was, election? That was Michael Steele twelve yeah. years ago when he got forty four percent, I think it was. Right. So so it's it's a it's a tough deal and it's tough to recruit somebody. And, and, you know, I get it. The state party, this isn't a priority. You only have so much. But, you know, Sam Faddis was at least a, a, a plausible guy. I'm not, you know, there are, maybe there are other people out there, but why would they run? No, I'm, I hear you. And I applaud Sam for just saying, hey, so you we, know what? We, I, I have a life. We did have some other names mentioned, by the way, one of which was Ami Hober. Yeah. Which, by the way, you know, not for nothing. Not the worst idea I've ever heard. No, saying. it's not. Yeah. Considering her... You know, as a as a liberal pro-abortion Republican, not my cup of tea. Primary is not going to be an issue. Yeah, she wins that primary. No offense and, to Mr. Poe. Yeah, and you know, and and she at least is somewhat, you know, whatever in the general election. She is somewhat whatever. I think that's yeah. the truest. Statement Other names also mentioned: Andy Harris, Bob Ehrlich, Boyd Rutherford, uh, Brian Griffiths. No. Yeah. Cal Ripken, Chip DePaula, David Bossy. David Craig, Diana Waterman, Dirk Hare, Don Murphy, Gloria Murphy, Kelly Schultz, Ken Timmerman, Kendall Ehrlich, Kevin Waterman, uh, your boy Lawrence Scott, yeah. Mary Kane. Speaking of putting the pictures up of Michael Steele, Nicola Ambrose, and Sam Mulhatra 
other answers, apparently a Democrat. That's okay. not helpful. Right. Dan Bongino, not okay. – uh, uh, You know, let's enforce somebody. That's mm-hmm. fine. Dan Zubari, who, of course, quit the party. Um, not Sam. He quit. Right. Thanks for right. that. Good point. Uh, Paul Levesque, who you would better know as uh, Triple H. Okay. And right, so uh, someone, someone from a new party. Okay, great. <laughs> that is – that is the least helpful answer. Greg, right. at this moment, who will be your first choice to be Republican nominee for Comptroller in 2018? Uh, the uh, Anjali Fukan yeah. got 10.7% of the vote. Once again, Mark Unk. Hey, Mark. It's called, a, it's called a hint. Give it some consideration, buddy. <laughs> this, is one where we, this is one where we need somebody on the ballot that's last name isn't Fukan. Seriously. We need to have enough discipline to say this is not going to be our standard bearer. Okay? Right. Uh, I don't know. Got forty five point one percent. Other eleven point five percent of the other names mentioned: Andy Serafini, Steve Bashotti, Bill Campbell. Um, Steve Bashotti would be great. I have a feeling he wouldn't be interested. No, no. Maybe for U.S. Senate, but you know, I don't think he'd be interested in that. I don't either. think he would That'd be, be a pay cut too. I'd be interested in having a quarterback more so first. Um, You've got an elite franchise quarterback. We we used about. to have one. Yes. Other answers for counselor, by the way, Cam Bell, which I guess was supposed to be Campbell. Sure. Someone from a new party. Is this going to be a theme? In Theodore DiBiase Sr., of course, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Sure. Who should be the Republican nominee for attorney general in 2018? Greg. Uh, Dirk Hare. Sure. Eric Grannon. Okay. Greg Klein. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Jason Buckle. Okay. Jessica Hare. Jim Rutherford. Jim Shalek. Joe DiGenica. Your boy Lawrence Scott, All right. Mike Schmeagel, okay. Robert McCord, and Wes Adams. Great names on that list, but again, why would any of them run? I mean, you know, what is that? We really should have a, a a good candidate to run against Brian Frosch, but why would any of these guys run? I mean, we've been talking about this for years. Other answers: a competent, practical attorney with relative relevant experience, okay. like Greg Klein. Um, Easy. Well, I, look, let's be honest. I, I, no one's seriously thinking about me for running this. These are people who listen to us and write our names. But, but I'll tell you. Are you sure? Look, I, I wouldn't run because it would be a complete waste of my time. I, I would have to raise, I would have to raise uh, a couple million dollars to have a chance of being competitive against Brian Frost. Sure, I could go out and make all the talking points and make the, you know, make a really compelling argument as to why we shouldn't have a left-wing extremist, but have a really good, objective attorney general who's, you know, seeing that the laws are faithfully executed and is, repre- is worried about, you know, representing the citizens of Maryland rather than trying to burnish their bona fides to run for some other higher office, that this isn't, you know, this isn't an adjunct of the, of the Maryland Democratic Party to use for political purposes. The, the office is better than that. I could make that argument. I could go on talk radio. I'm just going to point out you're sounding like somebody who's put an awful lot of thought into it. No, I haven't put any thought into it because you, because the party's not going to get behind it. The governor's people, including his fundraising apparatus, isn't going to get behind a candidate. Um, I don't have any sort of electoral experience or background that would make me a, a, a quality candidate to run statewide. So you're, you're not going to get somebody who's done that kind of stuff, who has that kind of experience. And, you know, unless those things change, you're going to have a hard time because there's some good names on this list. Frankly, there's a lot of good names on this list. Some of them are in office now who would have to. I mean, Wes Adams is running for reelection as state's attorney. But you've got some good people here who'd be a million times better than Brian Frosch. So you're, and saying, a lot of, so you're saying there's a chance. 
Okay, not for me, but not, now my point is that there isn't a chance because none of these guys are going to run because nobody's going to seriously make it a race that someone would want to get into. It's this, it's this thing that they're just going to throw you in the deep end and hope you can swim, even though everybody says they'd like to have somebody else. And if you really want to be Brian Frost, you're not going to do it with some self-motivated person who wants to try to do it because somebody who's self-motivated either isn't going to have the wherewithal to win and if they do have the wherewithal to win, they're not going to waste their time in a race that's going to be so difficult to win without legitimate support. They're going to run for state's attorney. They're going to run for the legislature. They're going to run for a county office. Stay so, tuned for draftgreatcline.tumblr.com. You can, you can draft all you want. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you the same answer I gave people four years ago. No way. Other answers on the list. Anybody but Frost. That's probably the best answer I've heard so far. Don Murphy, not a lawyer. Eugene Craig, not a lawyer. My pet dog, possibly a lawyer. N-E-I, <laughs> I don't whatever know. that means. Not Greg Clark. Exactly. That person knows what they're Sam Faddis, not a lawyer. Someone from a new party. Uh, Steve Borden, who you may know better as Sting. And uh, Unknown. Yeah. So you, now could, you, could let for... that, you could let that libertarian guy run again. <laughs> That's fine. So uh, at this moment, who will be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 1st District? Andy Harris gets 66.4%. Martin Elborn gets 5%, 5 5.2%. Lamont Taylor, 3.4%. I don't know, 21.6%, other 4.5%. Other names mentioned, by the way, Jeannie Hathaway and Wayne Gilchrist. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Other answers, I like Fred better than Lamont. (laughs) Lamont, you dummy. (laughs) And someone from a new party. At this moment, who will be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress? In the no no district? Republicans announced they're running. Right. right. Um, Ami Hober, <laughs> Brian Griffiths, no. Don Murphy, Jim Braswell, Robert Leroy Ehrlich, you've heard of him. I have. I have. Uh, Jim sure. Rutledge, Pat McDonough, he's already running. And, uh, well, Pat, you know, give it some thought. And Euripsy Morgan, who's My actually, neighbor. yeah, she's the, she's the comms director for Canada. I just saw that a couple weeks ago. We got a new okay. from her. She's running comms for somebody. We'll have to come across the neighborhood and join us one night. Other answers. Anyone from a red county. Probably has a nicer house than I do. Do not know. Don't know. Dustin Runnels. You'll know him better as Goldust or Dustin Rhodes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Not my district. Someone from a new party. Who you got and who's running? Nobody and nobody. Yeah, that's that's kind of the whole point of the question. Yeah. We're raising awareness that nobody's (laughs) running in that race. Uh, at this moment, who will be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 3rd District? J. David Evans gets 9.1%. Yeah. I don't have some work to do. I don't know gets 84.5%. You know, and every month that we get closer to the filing deadline, you know, um, these races start to look a little more sad. This is why we do it. This is why we do it, to create awareness of who might be good candidates who are running who are the people who are running, and that maybe we don't have really good candidates in these races, and we ought to think about that. Other names mentioned, Ami Hober and Corey Faust. Other answers, John Boynton, Philip Clayton, who represented the district in the 1800s. Uh, more choices, hello, Republicans. Martin Lundy, who you may better know as, know as Arn Anderson. Okay. Someone is this you doing this? It is or not someone? me doing this. I think I know who's doing I know people this. like to play games with this, which is fun. We have fun. Yes, we like fun. Um, some would say fun is the best thing to have, but go ahead. Someone from a new party, uh, and that's it. 
lame. Yeah, well, uh, keep going. At this moment, who will be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 4th District? George McDermott gets 8%. David Therrien gets 5.4%. I don't know gets 79.5%. Other, 7.1%. Other names mentioned, Ami Hover, Marjorie Holt, who I do not believe will come out of retirement for this race. Uh, and Nathan Volke, who is running for county council right. up in my district. Uh, and you know what? Let's, let's stop there. Nathan Volke, great guy. Going to be a really good candidate. Has some real chops. Could, excuse me, could accomplish something. Is he going to run? Is he going to tilt at windmills at the run for the 4th Congressional District his first time out? No, he's got an open county council seat. He'll run for that. He'll probably win. We don't know. Other answers. Anybody but that idiot Therian. Somebody better, please. Yeah, please. Someone from a new party. Here's the thing. When you say somebody better, please, what are you Who doing? Who is the to somebody? Ha- what are you doing to help get somebody? Even if you don't have a name, what are you doing? You're going to write them a check? You're going to go out and work for them? You know, why should somebody better? Why is somebody better going to run? That's the question we should be asking. Someone from a new party. And Terry Bolea, you may know him better as Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, sure. At this moment, who would be your first choice in the 5th District? Johnny Rice gets 7.7%. I Don't Know gets 83.7%. And other gets 7.7%. Other names, Ami Hober and your boy Big Ed Riley. Hey, I've heard worse ideas. Other answers, Alan Jones, uh, better known as the immortal, as the phenomenal AJ Styles. Jerry Rice. uh, Is Jerry Rice available? Because Uh, (laughs) that's not a terrible idea. Uh, Jimmy Oat. Okay. Uh, John Catalano, the second, and someone from a new party. Someone from a new party, great. Uh, right now, it's wide open. Anybody could run as a Republican. Right. I mean, we don't have a Republican party in these races. So finally, we get to an actual competitive primary that means something, the 6th District, right. which is, has a very interesting right. result. If I don't know about you, Greg, but I find it interesting. Uh, Kelly Schultz, 26.3%. Oh, you have, her, you have her in this one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brad Roars, 25.6%. Matt, Mos- wow, Matt Mossberg at 15%. Wow. Adam McKee at 9.8%. Ami Hober at 3.8%. Lisa Lloyd, 1.5%. Other, I don't know, 15, other three. Other names mentioned, Robin Ficker and Roscoe Bartlett. Other I mean, answers, look, it's, it's not a scientific poll, but good for you, Brad. Other answers, Lisa Ling and okay. someone from a new party. Look at the big vote total on Brad. Absolutely. All right. right. Good. Good for you. Same question, 7th District. Um, oh, God. Now, you got names. You can't say there's not names. I know. William Newton gets 11% of the vote. Michael Pearson, 1.8%. Richmond Davis, 0.9%. Thomas Pinkston Harris gets zero. I don't know at 81.7. Other, 4.6. Other names mentioned, Ami Hober, Eric Knowles, and Frank Mirabile. Other answers, Greg, someone from a new party. Again, I think you you know there's some openings. Again, it's a Repu- it's asking who the Republican nominee should be. Right, right. I Just know. Say. Whoever whoever that person is, you're a jerk. So same question, eighth district. Of course, open question because nobody's running. Nobody's running. April Rose, Ann Hingston, Bruce Stern, Connie Morella, Dan McHugh, David Wallace, Dwight Patel, Evan Young, Frank Howard, Gus Alzona, Cat O'Connor, Larry Hilmeniak, Liz Matori, Maria Sophia, Mark Unkefer, Michael Steele, Michael Higgs. Richard Nobelouts Matthews, Robin Ficker, and Sharon Cohen. Um, I mean, a lot of good names in that list. Again, why would they run? Would uh, you support them if they did? Other answers, a Red County nominee, right. Dan Zubari, of course, former Republican. I don't know. Moshe Starkman, who, of course, moved to Pennsylvania. Not my district. 
someone from a new party, Thomas Pestock, who you might better know as the uh, United States champion Baron Corbin, and who you got? Nobody. I think that's the point. That's the point. Now, we have fun with it for a couple months. Now we're starting to get serious, folks. Just saying. Yeah. At this moment, who would be the, your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Anne Arundel County Executive in 2018? Uh, Steve Shue, the incumbent, gets 76.5% of the vote. Okay. Your boy John Grasso gets 6.7%. I don't know, 13.4%. Other 3.4%. Other name mentioned, Greg Klein. Yeah, on my strong anti-cycling platform. Other answers. Anti-clown, anti-cycling platform. You know what? Maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> Other answers. Fred Astaire, he stand and rested. Okay. Not my county, right. someone from a new party. Right. Um, Baltimore County, same question, county executive. Al Redmer, 68.1%. Pat McDonough, 17.2%. I don't know, 14.2%. All right, now let me ask this question ask of you. This, this will be question. a fun one. If, if, if both of those races for county executive go to the primary, big if, yeah. who gets blown out more, Pat McDonough or John Grasso? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a tough one. Now have fun with your important conversations yeah. and your big issues with your brains and your smart stuff, okay? Exactly. I think Grasso gets blown out more. Okay. I think okay. McDonough's got higher name ID. Okay. That's All just right. a gut feel. That's there's no solid solid choice. Yeah. Solid choice. So Frederick County Executive Primary, and this this race this race is interesting at this point, okay? So Kathy Ozali at twenty five point eight percent. By the way, that's a big drop from from last month. Kirby DeLauder is at 19.7%. Regina Williams at 16.7%, a surge, if you will. And we will. I don't know at 24.2 and other at 13.6. Other names mentioned, Billy Shreve, Blaine Young. Can I stop right there? Yeah. By the way, if you're not, if you're not following Blaine Young on Facebook, you're missing a lot. What am okay. I missing? Oh, God. So you know what you're missing. I share the really good stuff with you. That's true. Um, he had, <laughs> this is hilarious. He was on Facebook, and he liked Kathy Avzali's page. So it comes up on Facebook, uh, Blaine Young likes Kathy Avzali. And then he comments, wrong. What? <laughs> I assume meaning he doesn't actually like her. Um, Is this performance art? I, well, there, maybe. <laughs> maybe. There's hints in some of the pictures that he posts that maybe he's thinking about running for county council. In between his, you know, tattoo sessions. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, this guy. I mean, why not run for county executive again? This guy, it's a show, as the kids say. It's a show. If you're not watching, if you're not checking out, what I'm, kind of? He'll show? probably unfriend me when he hears this. But it's delightful, and I just want. I just look at it. And I'm like, okay, you know. Uh, Joey Lynn Huff was also put forth as a candidate again. Other answers, by the way, Katie Nash. Sure. Uh, Kirby Puckett. Why not? Sure. Yeah, he's passed away. Um, not my county and someone from a new party. Okay. I don't even know why this person is participating in this poll. So same question for Montgomery County Executive. Um, of course, Robin Ficker, the only one actually listed. Right. But we get Robin Ficker at 39%. Hey, 39% is a strong showing compared to some of these other races. Jim so. Shalek, 17.5% as a write-in. I don't know, 23.4%. Uh, other 20.1%, other names mentioned, Adol Owens, Owen Williams. How's that guy doing? I, I mean, Ann Hingston, Aaron Schwartz, Bruce Stern, David Drake, 
Uh, Cowboy Dick Georgina. Your boy. Yeah, he might be looking for work soon. Your boy. Um, Doug Rosenfeld, Dwight Patel, Evan Young, Greg Decker, Gus Aldona, Pat Finati, Robert Dyer, Sharon Cohen, and Susan Cohen. Other answers, any other Republican, anyone but Ficker, anyone but Robin Ficker. Ficker feels crooked. Well, don't feel him up then. (laughs) Not my county. That's something Robin Ficker would say, but Not my county and someone... From a, a new, new party. party. Yeah, no, we get there. Um, first choice for state senate in the third district. Uh, Craig Giangrande at 50.9% of the vote. Billy Shreve at 6.4% of the vote. Ouch. I don't know at 40.9%. Uh, other, 1.8%. Other answers, by the way, Randall K. Orton. I'm sure you know is Randy Orton. Sure. Viper. Uh, sure. And someone from a new party. Yeah. Same question for the state senate in District 30. Uh, Ron George at 63%. Herb McMillan at 16.5%. I don't know, 18.9%. Other answers, Greg. Someone from a new okay, party. Okay, let me ask you another serious question. Yes. This is obviously not a scientific poll. Correct. But I have to think the scientific polls probably aren't too far away from what we're saying here. I don't think you're going to need a scientific poll after the filing deadline. Well, that's my question. Do you think Herb pulls the trigger and actually actually Absolutely nuts not. up and runs against no. Ron George no, for state he, senate? I think he runs for re-election. Well, that'd be the smart thing to do. Yeah, Herb, I, 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 do smart no, thing to do. I do not see him getting into this race. I could be wrong. To swallow a lot of pride. But. So we asked a question, Greg, about yeah. how people consume media. How do you get, we're, we're curious. We know you come to Red Maryland. You're participating in our poll. How do you get media? Tell us. And I think, us. I think all of this explains a lot. It's, it's not encouraged. Right. So 9.3% of you consume hard copy national papers. Okay? Which is what? USA Today? Washington I, Post, New York Times. That's yeah, well, I know you ain't reading the New York Times. So. No, no, that's true. So hard copy regional newspaper, 50%. Right. Okay. Post or Sun, most of you. Your Sun, Capital, Times News, you know, the local papers, whatever. Online national papers, 26.7%. Okay. Online regional newspaper, 29.1%. Most of our audience, and, and we skewed older, so it's understanding, but a lot of people still doing it with the old dead tree version. Local, something we know, but. Local TV news, 44.2%. Okay. National cable TV news, 64%. Right. We get, we get it. We get it. You're watching Fox News. We get it. Yeah. 14% consume online video. 14% consume podcasts. Let's get, let's get that number up, folks. Yeah. 8.1% consume it using an app. Okay. 46.5% use Facebook. Okay. Would not use Facebook, but get media. consume media from right. Facebook. Twitter is 30.2%. 2.3% from Instagram. Here's the number that that shocked me. 9.3% use Google+. Plus. I don't remember the last wow. time. I don't remember the last time I even looked at Google+. Plus. Um, good to know. Snapchat, 1.2%. Nobody's using Codius. Right. And uh, 1.2% are using Mastodon. Yeah. So, Greg. I think I saw Mastodon open for uh, Iron Maiden once. So, and it's funny because that's not even a joke, probably. It's, um, not, it's really not. Yeah. That is a real bad name. Yeah. yeah, I know. So, Greg, we get to the open-ended question, as you like to call it. Uh, it's the comedy unloading zone. Yeah, so you gonna is make, what I like to say. Are you gonna cue up some sound soundtrack? No, I just we're just gonna listen and and you know, okay. If the mood hits and something seems right, maybe I'll hit something. We'll see. I like the media consumption question. Good. Well, there you go. Some good feedback, right? 
I'm a strong Republican in Howard County, work in Baltimore City, and very concerned regarding education programs. We need vouchers and school choice. Here, here. Extremists will not win in 2018. Moderate Republicans can and will. Politicians need to get some backbone and just say no to removing historical monuments from such as those honoring Confederates, famous historical figures like Tawny, Columbus, Jefferson, Washington, etc. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> Howard County still has a rain tax. The, quote, proven independent leader and his sidekick, Greg Fox, are worthless. The Democrats in Baltimore County repealed the rain tax, but these bozos think it's just fine. Can we please get a Republican to run for county executive? Greg, I want to I wanna stop there for a second. I mean, you could. I don't think you're here's, here's the thing. It's called math. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You, needed, you needed four Repu- – you needed you know, two votes on the county council to sustain you – know, you, need, you need three votes to override the rain tax, okay, to repeal it. Right. You got one Republican. Math is not your friend, my friend. Yeah. So. Well, obviously they can't – obviously math's not their friend if they think they can get someone who's more conservative than the guy they got elected as a Republican. Well, there, remember there was a guy running against him in uh, County Executive Kilman in the primary, but he withdrew. Okay. All right. Okay. Conservative refuge is awesome when there is one. I, can you get the IP of who wrote that? <laughs> Sorry I can't finish your survey because it's not smartphone friendly. The buttons take multiple taps where they are selected. Sometimes the screen automatically scrolls down, and I can't select options. Yeah, Brian. That's called operator error. Yeah, Brian. Do something that's – yeah. Do more MSC3K stuff. Agree. <laughs> I totally agree. One Maryland, two Maryland, red Maryland, blue Maryland. Good poll. Governor Hogan re-election must be our priority. We've been talking about that since yeah. the day after the last Good. Election. We're on the same page. You're at the right place. What is your Star Trek discovery? The show has been very anti-Trump and anti-American. Never watched it. I, I didn't know Star Trek Discovery was a thing. It's a new CBS show. Have not watched oh. one episode. The polls are showing the term-limited guys can't beat Ficker. I'd love for them to share those polls. That'd be great. Re-elect Hogan. Pretty sparse list of candidates. Can't you nudge the wannabes by listing them? We, we don't know who the wannabes are. That's the problem. I mean, we're, we'd be willing to try. But if they're wannabes, I think Brian's throwing them in there. I hate it when people run in districts they don't live in, and people shouldn't elect them if they don't. That's usually a congressional issue. Okay. 2018, our year. Elect Republicans. Good poll. I just heard that Sam Faddis has suspended his campaign for U.S. Senate in Maryland. So if he won't be ousting Senator Ben Cardin from his Senate seat in 2018, then who will? Go GOP. Okay. Um, <laughs> our first lesson is from... When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Here ends the reading. Uh, the word any, of the Lord, one might say. One might say Thanks that. be to God. Thanks be to God. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who thinks that Republicans can or are willing to counter the demon rats needs their head examined. 
I don't even know what to do with that. I I know what to do with it. There you go. Hogan Strong. Jurgita needs to go. Lower taxes. I realize it's early, but really the primary isn't far off. Those wannabe candidates sitting on the sidelines not filed are cowards. That's that's a little much, but okay. Lame poll. Where's the action? Our year. Excellent poll. Go Hogan. Why has nothing been done about the leftist gerrymandering that is controlling this state? 17 red counties ran by six blue counties due to gerrymandering. Nothing will change in MD until we have fair elections where the D.C. suburbs are not stretched out to majority red counties just for Democrats to win elections. If the left could have strung a district from PG County around the chest, Andy may not be our first district representative. It all has to start with fair districting and removing the gerrymandering from the left. Makes me sick that this is loud and no one is doing anything about it. I mean, Let me, hold on, time out for a yeah, second. Yeah, Where yeah. the hell have you been, friend? Not you can't look. We haven't reversed it. We're not gonna reverse it until we win another election and probably multiple elections in that cycle in order to to gain control of that process. It's not nobody's doing nothing. The governor's introduced legislation. It's dying in the General Assembly. There have been half a dozen lawsuits, okay, that have gone through the courts. Some are still pending. There's stuff headed up towards the Supreme Court. No, it's not nothing happening. People are fighting this every way that we possibly can. But until we change who's controlling the redistricting process, you're not going to change redistricting in the state. It's as simple as that. Yeah. We must stand together as a party. The Frederick County executive race is a slow-motion disaster. Brian Griffiths may be good-looking, but Greg Klein's not too bad, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. Who writes this shit? I mean, seriously. <laughs> go Hogan! Rock on! Georgina and Hingston are losers who need to go. Hogan strong. Give me info on delegates and senators and hopefuls so I can make informed decisions. I want to know more about Andy Harris. But don't know where to find it. Don't trust anything the sun says. Okay. And this is the last one, by the way. By the way, you want to read, you want to listen to our Red Marilogica Focus. You get some of that information as well. Uh, The rat lines in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia being exposed now by George Webb are very, very disturbing. There is trading of weapons, drugs, children, and human organs going on in the neighborhoods where we live and work by our politicians and they're hired the oh, wow. Okay. Uh, it is imperative that we immediately hashtag drain the sewer in Annapolis, comma, Rockville, and other places of power in Maryland before even more people are harmed. Let's hashtag make Maryland great again by ending hashtag election fraud, hashtag crony corporatism, and hashtag sanctuary cities, and demand our politicians serve hashtag Maryland first. <laughs> And that ends the Red Maryland October poll. There it is. That's it. Yeah, that's what we got, folks. Ah, there you go. Uh, Did you enjoy it? Because, you know, we thank you for everybody here participating. We do. We do. And by the way, next month, November poll. Now it's starting to be the good time of the year. Yeah. It's the nominations for the Red Maryland Awards. And Greg, as we've talked about before, as we've talked about before, possibly this year, the most competitive contest for least valuable conservative ever. I got to tell there you. There are so many nominees. I got to tell considering. you. I got to tell you. It's going to be a tough race. I have no idea who is going to win this. Wide open. 
And I can uh, think of ten people off the top of my head who would be worthy. This for is this is a this is a, an award that we've been surprised by who wins over the past. That we'll, we'll still say, oh, I don't like when they do that, but a lot of people pay attention. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people. Standards pay are one thing, but ratings are everything. everything. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we we know our audience. We know a little bit about the internet. Um, you know, it's it, there, there's going to be good competition for the best conservative of the year and and other. Spoiler: I think I know who's going to win that one. Well, you know, <laughs> let's have some competition. I'm fine. Legislator of the year, county level elected official of the year. Make sure we explain that. So, by the but way, anyway, by the way, though, I, I've I've made an executive level decision as, oh. the, person, as the person who runs the awards. You're not going to care about it, so I'm just going to tell you on air. Um, I might care. Don't assume I won't. So care. in in the past, okay, yes, we have done it where the November poll we collect the nominees. That's correct. In the December poll, we we do the winners and then we announce all the winners at the same time, right? Because we, as we've said in the past, we combine, you know, the 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 popular vote, if you will, as a right. portion of, right. the, of the math. Correct. Red Maryland's editors and contributors are also, you know, that's correct. Get votes in this too. That's right. I think this year, instead. And of, by the way, and by the way, our audience vote much more influential than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Much, much more. Oh influential. yeah. Oh yeah. Just uh, say. Not that you're bitter or anything. But, sure, go ahead. But this year, instead of just announcing the winners when we announce the poll results, correct, we are going to announce. We're going to do like the Oscars. We're going to announce the five finalists for each award, oh. and then come back next week and announce the winner. Wow, that's exciting. That's so exciting, right? I'm going to be excited about. I'm that. excited. You know why? Because it's going to draw ratings, and as we know, standards are one thing. Ratings, ratings are everything. everything. When you have a week of people, you know, talking about, oh, who's going to win? Um, and really, why crap on only one least valuable conservative when you can crap on five? Well, it seems, you know what, you make a heck of an argument. That's how I roll. That's yeah. Right. yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks. The big bucks, the huge, <laughs> gigantic bucks. Yeah, if only somebody gave us a $100,000 grant, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, imagine the awards we could give out then. Wow. My God. God, it would be a – can you imagine LeBron's middle finger we would give the least valuable conservative? <laughs> Absolutely. That would be awesome. People might actually change their behavior to avoid getting that award <laughs> rather than lean into it like they seem to be yeah, they, to do every year. Well, you know what the worst part is? is the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that some people don't realize that, they're, that their behavior oh, that's leads how you them win. down that Look, road. You, you can't set out to win that award. you gotta, you got to just be somebody who's, who is just so unaware that, that you – that you don't realize how much harm you're doing. Like Charles Lawler, previous winner, or Billy Shree, previous winner. Yeah, you know, that you don't realize that, that uh, you know, saying that the Civil War wasn't about slavery, it was about the true fight for freedom when you're running for public office is maybe not a smart thing to say. You've got you to you gotta, you gotta believe that in your soul. You can't make that up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said, you know, it's, it's there are you got to really just you got to really be somebody who just believes that a newspaper can't use your name as an elected official without your permission. I think Greg's hinting. I where mean, you he's can't going this year's award. You can't learn that. Seriously, you can't learn that. It's got to be innate. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, it's it's I, I will say this, though. <laughs> I know you're leaning in towards that towards that pick. Obviously, I'm just making an example. I'm just saying. Strong contender. That's all I'm saying. 
I'm just uh, that's just an example of what I'm saying. Right. I'm not saying I that, can think of some people closer to home who are strong contenders too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But we will have fun with that uh, in the, over the course. Of, basically, we're going to make the last two months about the Red Maryland Awards, and why not? Right. We're going to have fun with it. That's what we do. It's the holidays. Right. What better way to celebrate the holidays than rewarding excellence and punishing ignorance? Yeah. That's what we do. That's, that's what we do all the time, but we especially do it during, during award season. So. Absolutely. And really. Our and, it starts, and it starts next month with you guys giving us your nominees. We don't pick the nominees. You do. We get, that's important. We, and yeah, because we get crap every year. Oh, right. well, why isn't this person listed? Or because, why is this person limited? Right. It's like, in there. yeah, it's like, don't get me wrong. People have like lots of people who have no business being nominated for least valuable conservative. Right. Get nominated for least valuable conservative. Absolutely. We don't we don't call the herd just because we don't like the list. And you know what? People get nominated for best and worst. That's a very common thing. Some people, you know, have their detractors and their supporters and they get in both categories. You nominate them. Yeah, there's no threshold. One person nominates them, yeah. they're on the ballot. Yeah. And then the, the, the electorate will take over from there. And if they're not on the ballot, that's on you. Yeah, that's not us. We're not, not, we're not leaving people off. Right. We're, we're, not, leaving. we're not editing people off. We're not adding people. You know, why wasn't the, you know, the women's group from Worcester County? Well, you didn't nominate them. Yeah. So, you know, hey, Talbot, make sure you're listening next month. There you make go. Make sure you're paying attention. There you go. So, <sighs> So this is a good show tonight. I yeah. Think. Um, you know, always fun. You know, lots of issues, uh, some serious, some less so. And um, you know, we we look forward to next week's show. I don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but it'll be November. Yeah. The new poll will be open by. It that won't point. be November next week. No, it week. won't. What the? What am I talking about? I don't know. You're, Where's you time lost going? a week? I don't know. Where is time going? Man? <laughs> it's like a time I'd say take a vacation, thing. but I'm talking to the wrong guy for that. I haven't been on vacation in several. Thank you. Okay. Good. Well, Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> anyway, we'll have a great show. It's, and I'm not so, going on vacation for like another two months. Yeah, sure, whatever. You're sure, whatever. By the way, we can catch up next. One thing we can put a pin and talk about next week. Okay. School calendar stuff follow-up. Yes. Yeah. Talking to some people about that today. We'll, t- we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I know the Anne Arundel County Board of Education was uh, – was picking up on that. By the way, not many candidates announced yet in Anne Arundel County to run for Board of Education, at least not that I've seen. Our friend Terry Gillian. I mean, I know he's running for re-election. I actually don't know what district he is in. I don't know if he's in my district. No, he can't be in my district because he's on the ballot this year. I don't know. We should follow up on that. You're right. Anyway, yeah, but nobody's filed yet. Nobody's – I know formal announcements have – We've got time, but you're right. All these things are going to step up, and, and within the next week, I'm sure we'll see a lot of – Quite frankly, I'm not entirely certain that people are aware that the electors elected school court now. We're trying. We're doing our best, folks. If they had read my column in the Capitol a couple weeks ago, they would have known We're that. We're trying. They say they read the local newspaper. It's in there. Yeah. So um, <sighs> lots of stuff going on here at the Red Maryland Network, of course, yes. throughout the week. Friday's Red Maryland election focused. Do we have a show in the can this week? Not this week, but next week. My, the jury duty really threw off my ability to firm up scheduling. For oh, interviews. please tell us, by the way, how your jury duty went. Uh, I went for one day and sat around for four hours. Okay. But I was on call constantly. So I did my service. There you go. To the Not even called for a, a jury panel. Just we all sat around for four hours and watched game shows, which was fun. It was fun. I felt like I accomplished something. <laughs> Judge Crooks gave a nice speech. Nice guy. 
Everybody, oh, you, had a, you had a judge come out and speak. Yeah, oh, Judge Crooks. I didn't have that when I. And did. it was, you know, and everybody was very cordial. It was very, it was a very nice experience. It's one of those, it's one of those rare communal experiences where, you know, citizens get together from all different walks of life and do a little bit of civic duty, and that's it. Okay. Sunday will be, a, game will be another episode of the Air Raid with yours yes. truly. Got some interesting feedback from my show last week. Did you? Uh, yeah, there was. Oh, a, I'm sure you got some cards and letters. There was a well. There was a a a central committee member from I believe it was Kent County, ah, or Talbot County. I can't remember which one. Who was who was bad because I said that Steve Bannon was trying to create a cult of personality and is not a conservative. Okay, I can see that. He was trying to argue that populism is conservatism, which is it's not, as okay. you know. All right. Okay. All right. So, good. Good. Your anti your anti Trump well, crusade will be great for our rating. My my favorite part was the fact where that where the the central committee member she she mentioned she was how horrified she was and my first question was did you listen to the show and she said no. So, well, I mean, that, you know, hey, look, that's that's the price all, everybody pays. You should listen to the show. Yeah. Listen you to can't the show just read the summary on Facebook or what somebody told you somebody said. Now, obviously, the, the fact that I wrote the summary the way it did got your attention, so you clicked on the link. Thank right. you right. Um, for that. <laughs> right. Um, conservative Refuge next Tuesday going yeah. for three straight weeks of the Refuge. Can he yeah. do it? Can he do it? People like it when I do it. I still want to know who wrote that, by the way. Okay. Well, if, you really like, if you really like the show, thank, it's probably my wife. Probably. Um, if you really like it, tell me and I'll do the show. That'll motivate me to do the show. You know, if I get a good clown piece or a good cycling piece, maybe we can get something else good going on. Um, this week's show I thought was pretty good. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. I did. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Well, you're very kind to say that. I, I, so good. If you missed it, I am a team player. Check it out. Nothing else. Um, (laughs) 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 Good. (laughs) <laughs> I will support you no matter how terrible you are, but that's just the kind of guy I am. Well, thank you. Uh, and of course, next Thursday, we're back with the flagship Red Maryland radio. We will on the Red Maryland network throughout the week. This Rob- kind of fun banter, probably not this long a show next week, but we'll probably not. Stuff. But Hey, good stuff. You know what? This is the bonus that you get. And of course, Rob Carson throughout the week. Yeah. On Red Maryland. As you said, he, he's rapid fire. Sometimes he sometimes gets a backlog and dumps him. If you're, if you're really, Craving the freshest uh, Rob Carson Go check him out on LibertyOneTV.com Every night at 7 o'clock and, and support him there You know He's got a million irons in the fire And he's working his tail off He does a great job And we're happy to be a part of what he's doing Yeah uh, Of course, the home base for all things Red Maryland RedMaryland.com Right, everything else we tell you You're going to forget RedMaryland.com Right uh, support us is the big banner link you want to click there. You can be part of our street team and distribute some of our flyers and just kind of awesome. help us out there. Do that. You can also uh, subscribe to Red Maryland content. You can have Red Maryland newsletter delivered to your email box every week. Don't cost nothing. Don't cost nothing to you. You can also subscribe to the Red Maryland network on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play. Yeah, it's have not Red our Maryland fa- programming it's not automatically our downloaded to the device of your choice. Listen to podcasts. Listen to podcasts. Okay? Please. Listen to the podcast. You're There's great if, stuff. If you are listening, this is what I like doing. If you are listening, make me one have to hour, write things. If you are listening to our show one hour and forty three minutes into it, you are probably not the problem. Yes. Get your friends <laughs> to do the same. Listen at one and a half times speed. I don't care. But listen, I don't want to have to write things. Is the only way we can communicate on this blog. <laughs> Come on. 
work with. I keep me, trying people. to get Greg to write more. So and yeah, and I'm sure, and I and, I and I and and I know that people ten times, twenty times as many people will read something we write than listen to something we say. But I, you know, it it's not as much fun as doing this. No, this, this is, is fun. fun. We're having fun. You're learning. We're in, we're entertaining. It's fun. We have funny sound clips we include. We Come taste on. great and stay crunchy in the middle. Yeah. You just don't want to read things. Come on. <laughs> uh, um, also, on that support us page. You can uh, you can tell we you you can. There's the Amazon link. You can make right. purchases through there. You can get a. Um, Doesn't and, cost you anything extra. Just start by going to our page, clicking the link, going to Amazon.com, and do your shopping. As you know, I bought a TV for the office this week. There you go. A TV. Laura does know that. She's going to find out what oh, she is. Okay. Then. Well, that's that's <laughs> my name's Paul, and that's between y'all. So. Um, <laughs> I know that you can get a choose-your-own-adventure cap, like I'm sure Greg has, because choose-your-own-adventure day is coming up in a couple of weeks. You're talking about the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Right. Choose-your-own-adventure day. Yeah, okay. All right. and, Just don't uh, burn me, dude. <laughs> no promises. No promises, right. Yeah. Um, and, Fair uh, enough. And, of course, also our link to the Zazzle store, zazzle.com slash redmaryland. And, of course, the PayPal link, paypal.me slash redmaryland. If you know somebody who wants to give us a $100,000 grant, they can do it on that PayPal. Or even a $1 grant we'll take. Hey, you know, you all the, and, by the way, we don't do this for profit. We're not making a living doing this. We both have day jobs, which we'll always keep. Every penny you give goes back into promoting what we're doing here at Red Maryland. Yeah, every dollar gets reinvested. As, as they say – this show is supported by listeners like you. Just like you. I've heard that. Yeah. On and some I, place that also gets money from the government. We put, don't. Yeah, we don't. Or anybody else, for that matter, yeah. other than supporters. Let's, let's and, change and that. Yeah. Let's change that. Yeah, so, that was the first question we got when we went to Legion. Who funds you? Yeah, good question. Who funds you? Let's, out, let's have an answer. pulled out my wallet. I said, this Discover card. <laughs> um, I didn't say that, but I should have. Um <laughs> And um, uh, we're available. Yeah. So please, yes. we're yes. happy to be funded by anybody. Our loyalty cannot be bought. However, it can be rented. Was, oh, now, don't go too far. I'm, back kidding. Gonna, I'm joking. But we could use your help. To um, do what we do. We're on social media. Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. We're on You're Twitter. on Facebook. Just Facebook.com. We're on Red Twitter Maryland. at Red Maryland. We're on yes. Instagram at Red Maryland. And of course, you can email us Red Maryland at gmail.com. Good old fashioned electronic mail. You can call us on the Red Maryland Talkback line, 410 205 4875. What's that That's number? 410 205 4875. We will feature your comment on a future Red Maryland Network program. And as always, the more negative, the better. Yeah, makes for better radio. Yeah, tell, so, tell us why populism is conservatism. I would love. Just leave the message. We'll play it. Yeah. People like us doing the MST3K stuff anyway. Help <laughs> us out. It's synergy, folks. Let's do it. Indeed. So, uh, again, great show. Thanks. If you, if you are still listening, thanks for sticking with us. You've been a trooper. You're a fan. You're, yeah. You're a P1 super fan, as some might say. You have a really long commute, or you're really working out hard this time. Good for <laughs> you. You deserve it. Yeah. So, for everybody here in the network, thank you very much for listening. For Greg Klein, I am Brian Curvis. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Oh, Ray.